It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, how you doing, Jim? You okay? Not too bad, mate. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. And welcome all to a catch up with Coburn, or as I call you, King Jimmy. We've had King James, we had one, we had two. I don't know if we got to three. So you, you're either King James the third or King Jimmy. But I think King Jimmy is more punchy, a little bit like your new track, She's My Rock and Roll World. What a punchy tune. But first, let's have a bit of the backstory, uh, Jim. Um, I'm looking at, it started... There's Butlins, Wes and JCB starter buttons, but we're going to leave that. We're going to move on from that, <laughs> move on from the Blue Meanies. What an artist and, and what a what a back catalogue you've got, mate, to be truthful. You're an absolute superstar. Oh, nice one, Gabby, and it's great to hear from you again. And it's good to be back recording again, especially yeah. in times like this. You know, it's give me a chance to sit down and think. And I've, I've actually even changed some of the songs that I was going to put on this record. Yeah. Uh, due to having, you know, this obviously this pandemic and stuff to rethink things over. So mm-hmm. it's turning out good for the songwriting. Now, that's your second album. We're going to be talking yeah. firstly about your uh, your first album because, as I say, you, you had that where you um, you went up and you um, you done an Oasis track, didn't you? And then you've done other things. You were in a, a band. You've branched out on your own. And I remember a few years ago, yeah. uh, somebody sent me a track of yours, got to go home and outside my window, and I thought, that ain't an original. That's from the Beatles, that is. It's got to be especially gotta go home and yeah. and i had a look at it and there was nothing from the beatles and and that that's my favorite double a side and i think the greatest double a side since the jam brought out going underground and, and dreams of children yeah mate well that's that that's a big honor if you you know if you think that i know much you're into the jam paul you know yeah. what i mean and stuff so uh that's a great compliment so yeah thanks very much for that and the whole album I've listened to it a couple of times again today. I honestly think it's the the greatest debut album that I've ever listened to. As we've said, there was that double A. One of the things, I think that is an absolute catchy tune. Look on my side, I find my way home over the water. Dream forever, got to go home, I'm moving on. Second to no one, the fear, goodbye and Waterloo Key. That is an absolute monster mix of gems. And pretty much the running thread there is uh, is Liverpool. And I remember when I was a kid and, you know, you're looking at Scylla Black when she was coming out, she had her own show and there's always the, the, the tally and the tie-up with the Beatles and Liverpool and football. And Liverpool now are going to win the, uh, the Premier League, first time they've won the top flight for ages. You should be in the same vein as what those guys were before you because you are the best musical artist in my opinion that's come out of Liverpool since the Beatles mate well that like I say uh, 
you know, Paul thanks again. That's that's amazing. You think that, and I, I also do is I just think, yeah, I try and get a different song every time when mm-hmm. I record and try and take a different angle with it. And Waterloo Key, I, me, my idea with that was was trying to get a different variety of songs. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah. there was plenty of choice and get a, get a good ingredient into it. Do you know what I mean? So that turned out great for me. I'm always going to be proud of that because it's obviously my debut album solo, um, and. And big thanks to Rick, you know, who plays on guitar for me and stuff, and he produces it. Without him, I couldn't get it sounding like that. He's the best musician I've met. You know, he's fantastic. And that's Rick. Let's have his surname and let's have a shout Rick. out to the uh, to, to to the um the Den because you know the the best kind of recording studios are pretty much just like Dens, aren't they? The way that they used yeah. to do it back in the old day. None of all this, you know. Yeah money that's spent and lashed on all these different fancy newfangled getting that guitar getting the drums getting just yeah. getting in there and, and just pretty much jamming and having it yeah that's it and that's where rick wilson comes in yeah. i mean he's he's all the people have met in my life if someone was to say to me like he's the best musician it'd be in because and down he you know he's he's an engineer he's a guitarist he, he's a mm. great drummer he played bass he can do everything but yeah. he's got a great ear for sound you know what i mean and he's got a real like um good attitude towards it and everything he does he likes to be a perfectionist you know what i mean yeah. and it's good so it pushes the record to sound the way it's sound and then he's, yeah, he's, he's just got great ears great great friend and everything you know he's, he's special and that's what you need, Jimmy, isn't it? You need you need someone with with good ears and somebody yeah. like you know you you write the songs, you send it over and produce it, and then sometimes you add something, take it away. It's almost yeah. like cooking a cooking a chili, and it you put all the ingredients out, and you take some out, but the the taste is just as sweet. And and as I say, that debut album. I've said to you before, you you could have took three of your tracks, put it on three different albums, put some fillers, and you could have had your first three albums, but you didn't. You put them all in. You put all the eggs into that basket, and there's not a weak a weak song on that. How long did it take you to write that first album? Well, to be honest with you, yeah, yeah. I actually called the uh, album Waterloo Key for the reason that I wrote these songs that fast. I think I wrote the whole album within two months yeah and it because the speed of it and because like i was sort of like going to bed and thinking of songs before i go to sleep then i'd be dreaming about them and waking up yeah and all these songs it's like as if they were just writing themselves yeah so uh that's why i named it after the place where you know where to live outside my window i just love the line i just live for the things i believe in and that gets me high i mean that is one of the iconic l- lyric lines ever from any song yeah, well, when I wrote that, I remember writing that line, actually, Paul, and I was thinking, I remember writing it, thinking, that, that's a good one, you've got that there. Yeah. And if, if I can do that in as many songs as I can, um, it makes me proud, because there's, there's another one in Look On My Side, that I said, um, uh, I, feel like, I feel like I'm high on a trip of a life, you know, you can only live twice, you, you know, you can, you can never live twice. Yeah. And um, just little things like that, It's I feel good when I get them in, because it's not about just putting the music together, it's actually getting some words that make real sense, you know what yeah. I mean? Or I've got a bit of emotion attached yeah. to them. Yeah. And also a social message as well, because I think that's yeah. really important because people then can connect. I mean, 
dream forever. I mean, I mean, that's what we we're all dreamers and and we want to live forever, dream forever. It's just, you know, it's just a song that you put in and, and it's almost like running through the countryside and, you know, yeah. all the things that you used to be and you still want to be. Just another tremendous item. One of the things, another track. That is a proper dancey, dancey tune. That is, it's so catchy. Yeah, I think with that one, that's, I know when I, you know when I put that one together, it's sort of like an upbeat, catchy summer song. Yeah, and um, it was like really happy and uplifting. I thought that's the way I want the album to sound mainly. Um, obviously, I didn't want to make every song like super happy or whatever. You've yeah. got to have your little um, of course you have. Mo- moments in it just to give it a bit of a balance. You know what I mean? But the general idea of that album is to be really positive, you know, and I, I, I like uplifting music. I totally agree. I like the down music as well and the up yeah. music because, it, again, you know, left side, right side, you need balance. You can't have everything happy. You can't have everything sad. And I think that you got the right mix, the right balance, the lyrics, just everything on that on that album, hundred percent, absolutely perfect, nailed it. Uh, you're selling it on on your website or the W's JimmyCoburn.co.uk. Your yeah. new record, She's My Rock and Roll World, another punchy, catchy track. Who's the chick on the uh, on the wall? Who's the the, the drawings? Well, that's that's actually a, a mural in Liverpool. You know, it's like artwork yeah, by yeah. the uh, you know, by the Baltic Triangle up that way. Yeah. And uh, there's some fantastic uh, paintings on the walls by various artists, and just had a little look at that and thought that looks good. You know, yeah. to make to make the video too, and it was a nice sunny day, so we just headed up there and f- filmed it, and it, I think it turned out okay. Do you know who that lady is? Is she a model? Is there any? you know, reference to her in, in the track or do you just look at it and think, well, have you there? That's all right. Nice day. Um, just, just, just a face in the background, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know who the person is. Yeah. Uh, but it just looked good because of the, the title of the song, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it was it was just good to take the, obviously with the cameras on me, it's nice to have distractions with all this nice artwork around, you know what I mean? I thought break it up a little bit. Well, it absolutely worked. It, it was superb. It's out now, isn't it, Jimmy? People can go on a Spotify, go onto all the usual outlets and download yeah. it. Yeah, it's on iTunes, Amazon and Spotify, all them, all that stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's ready to download now, Paul. And your second album, because you've got a number of tracks for that second album, um, how is that going to differ from Waterloo Key? If it's going to differ at all, what what um, direction of travel are you taking with this one, young man? It's pretty much a continuation from the first record, I'd say. Yeah. With a couple of subtle differences, um, just to knock it on a bit from the last one, you know, mm-hmm. to give it a bit of a change, a bit of a nudge. Yeah. And um, there's some like different kinds of sound and records on it, like but she's my rock and roll world. We got a nice sound at the beginning with that with the riff. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to introduce a couple of new little sounds to, to this record, but also keep it in with the um, the integrity of the first record, you know what yeah. I mean? Keep it sort of like side A and side B sort of thing. What else have you got that's um, 
that's going to be released after this because what you have to do as a as an unsigned and a new artist jim you have to keep banging and knocking the door down because you know it's not a level playing field it's so difficult to get your records played on uh, on what i would say mainstream radio stations because they have a controlled playlist and all the DJs, well, button monkeys, let's be honest, they're not DJs these days, they're just button monkeys. They do as they're told, and they're told to play certain tracks, and that must be very frustrating, because, like I said at the top of the uh, of the catch-up with Coburn today, you're as good as any musician that I've ever heard. Your songs are as strong as anything. I, for the life of me, can't understand why I don't turn on radio stations not that i do because it's all dirge these days but listen to your songs because when i do turn on the radio these days i'm listening to artists that sound like pinky and perky the same as they've had a party on <laughs> it's incredible it's ridiculous yeah well it's all commercial music now isn't it sort of thing it's over commercial and yeah. a lot of like uh, solo artists and I think the band scene needs to come back if i'm honest paul mm. we need to be seeing guitar bands and a bit of a rise you have to get I think the, the world needs a bit of rock and roll, you know what I mean? We can't let it yeah. die out. Can't let it change and go into some, like, kind of new fad. Guitar bands will always be the best music to me. It always has been. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I, I think there's... And I've always said this. I think there's a place for all genres of music. Yeah. I think that, you know, when you're... If you're serving up a Sunday dinner, if you're just given a, a, a plate of potatoes, you're going to get a bit fed up of that. And I yeah. just think that's what the radio output is like. There's there's yeah. not a good selection of of different types of music, you know, and, 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 and I just think that that's so important and so vital and... You know, if you haven't got that 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 ladder or them stepping stones, you know, how do young artists cut a career in the the industry that, that they should be cutting a career? And you shouldn't be just selling hundreds of records or then having a rerun. You should be selling millions and millions of records because they're that good. And I'm, I'm sure I look at and I listen to artists and you're one that, I listen to, and I think with the six billion people on this planet, surely there must be a few million that have similar eardrums and tastes to me, but they just don't seem to get the access to that that record, and that, yeah. that's fundamentally, in my opinion, the problem. It's controlled still by Bauer Global and the BBC, and it's absolutely yeah. wrong, and it needs to be smashed. Yeah, I think. Well, I think the mold needs to be broken. To be it honest, does. I mean, who, who needs to listen to the same old thing that we've been listening to for? No, so long now, isn't it? Isn't it time to like? Uh, doesn't everything come back round again, as they say? And I think it's time mm-hmm. that we, you know we need bands back, proper bands and proper music. And you know, I know loads of great bands out there myself. You know, great live entertainers and mm-hmm. people who can sing. And no one will ever know. You know what I mean? It's just the way the music industry's gone, which is pretty sad, really. You know. It's almost like, you know, I mean, football, we've got the, the restart, the football, and they're playing to empty stadiums. But the thing is, they might be playing to empty stadiums, but they've got the TV, so it's beamed around the world. The difference between football and rock and roll and, and the bands the way I see is you're playing to empty rooms and there's there's not the amount of people that have the access to listen and watch you guys ply yeah. your trade because you are some of the greatest entertainers that I've heard and seen. And, and I just, I think it's it's almost like a crime against humanity. It's certainly a crime against music that, that more people can't hear you guys. I think it's, it's absolutely, I think it's pathetic. 
It's just like you say, it's sad how it's gone. Um, mm. And I think nowadays you've really got to push and make your own way to get to get your song out there and mm-hmm. really like do do a lot on social media and get in touch with as many stations to to be heard. You know what I mean? Because like years ago, I mean, a band used to get a record deal. You look back to yeah. like the nineties and Britpop and all that time. Mm-hmm. You, you you heard stories of like bands getting six album deals, like Oasis and you had Cast, Ocean Colour Scene. You know, super grassy horses, all them bands, they were great and it was everywhere and they've got this deal. And I think them days have drastically changed how record deals get given out and stuff. So it's a funny one now. And the other thing is as well, like people are making money off their live gigs rather than selling yeah. the records, which has changed a lot. 
everything has changed and and, and it's just you know i don't think at times for the better and, and i think one of the things that has changed fundamentally is the fact that the the the, the kids these days They'll yeah. go on a Spotify, they go on streaming, and they, they, they pretty much seem to want to have everything for nothing. Whereas in our day, we'd hear a band, we'd see it on top of the pops, we'd listen to it on the radio, we'd go to the record stores, we'd buy them, and then you'd have, you're up and running, and you've got your record collection, and then you go to school, and somebody else has got different records, and you've got the vinyl, and you're swapping it, and you, you, you're cross-pollinating, and you're having access to proper music, but... It ain't happening these days for me. Oh, I know all that's it, isn't it? Top of the pops. It's funny you mentioned that. I was mm. talking about top of the pops to Rick last week, yeah. saying it was great, like because you, you stood, you, you sat there on a Sunday listening to the radio, mm. going, "Who's number one this week?" And then obviously top of the pops was on the following Thursday, the Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah. And you you there the countdown, um, and it was great, and you you're thinking it was almost like a football league table. Yeah. It was like top of the pile, it, it, and music was like that. It, it was just a great time for music when top of the pops was about. But now I wouldn't know who's number one on the charts. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know who's been number one on the charts for the last fifteen years. I'll tell you something. I've not looked at it. I have no idea. But they probably sound like Pinky and Perky, and it's featuring something, and it's samples of something, and. You know, if you look through any era, any generation, you go back, as you know, you alluded to in the 90s. I think the 90s was a great time for music. You go back to the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, whatever. You you, you would have songs, proper songs that you could listen to that that I would call. I know some of the kids would say, well, ours are proper songs. Yeah, but it's like all this drum and bass and all this rubbish. It's just a it's just a, a. a, a row and and i can't I, I, you know it's not as though there's much in the way of technique or, or a thought pattern to write some of the lyrics because a lot of them are bloody foreign as well and i don't even know what they're talking about but the kids are <laughs> jumping up and down and hammered by it all i'm thinking i just i think i must have come from another planet because i can't i just can't work out what what makes you like tick yeah, well, if you're only used to that, that's the thing, isn't it, you see? I mean, mm-hmm. if you grew up in a good era of music, it always stays with you, right, throughout your life. I mean, yeah. I'm glad I was, like, a certain age when the 90s was around because it was, it was really rich with guitar bands. And yeah. I was speaking to one of my mates the other day about it, and he said, aren't you so glad that we were around at that era and we can say that? And, and some of these bands are still going now, and you can get to see them, and, and mm-hmm. you'll remember what a great time it was. And... I just think it needs a bit of spirit back, you know, a little bit of soul, something, something magic again to get people going out and watching live music a bit more. No, on the original scene, uh, yeah, I think I think that's that's what's needed next. I think it needs bottle from DJs yeah. like we used to in the old days. We used to have yeah. um, old John Peel, and he'd pretty much play anything. Um, and I've heard many many references to to John Peel and. You know, we yeah. need a John Peel back. But the problem is, if you had a John Peel back and they played it on Radio 1 or Radio half of the people wouldn't listen to it these days. <laughs> and they wouldn't. And it, and it is like when you have the live bands, you pay a fiver to watch three, four or five live bands. And the bands are as much to blame, if I'm absolutely honest, because they'll go and do their gig, their 15, 20 minutes, and then they'll go and bugger off. And I think you're right, in the 90s there was a scene, and I think that, you know, you have to create a scene. And to be fair, respect to the uh, the grind, 
time artists. I mean, it's a it's a genre of music I absolutely hate. I can't stand. I'd, yeah. You know, I'd 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 rather. Well, I, you know, when I was doing all the Biscuit Boys and our, our radio shows, and our, you know, why don't you come and record some of the grime industry and stuff? Look, yeah. I don't, I don't like it. It don't doesn't do nothing for me. I can only like your the words in uh, in in outside my window. I can only live for the things that I believe in, and if I don't believe in it, I just don't. It doesn't happen for me. Yeah, and it has to be an organic process. A little bit back to your songwriting, which is organic. Yeah, it's like you say, everything you do or everything I do, you know, I write songs pretty much when I could be like going to bed or walking around town, you know, and the song will jump into my head and I'll pick the guitar up after the song. So Mm. sort of like imagine the tune in my mind, um, sing the words and, you know, obviously you can record stuff on your phone and I'll go home, pick the guitar up and play the riff to it and play whatever that goes with it. You know what I mean? That's the easy part. I think the, the hard part of a song is getting a good hook line. Um, and some good verses, you know what I mean? Because yeah. obviously, the, if you know how to play a guitar, you'll you'll play what's needed to be played on it. You know what I mean? And it is that that hook, that melody, yeah. the the music that sucks people in before the lyrics, yeah. isn't it? It's almost like a, a girl, a partner, a wife, or a boyfriend, or you know whatever you are, male or female. <laughs> these days, it don't matter, does it? We we even have yeah. we even have subgenres of humans as well these days, don't we? But you know. It, People say, "Oh, I fell for him because his personality." No, you didn't. You didn't. You fell for him because you liked the way that he looked or she looked, and then you developed the relationship, and largely <laughs> through the personality. But look, you know, if he looked like the Elephant Man, I'm telling you, I promise you, he could have the greatest personality. You wouldn't have had a date with him, hundred percent. So I think with music, it is the music first, and then when you get into the music, you look at the lyrics and that. That's how you get into the artist because you connect with the artist. Yeah, that's that, that's definitely true. I mean, if I write a song, mainly what I notice there's a certain pattern of how I do it. Yeah, I seem to get like the the hook line first. Yeah, and if I think the hook line sounds good, it's it's like as if the verses are easy for me to write. Yeah, because the main that main part of that song is the sweet spot. Yeah, so as soon as I get like a good line or a, a good hook line, I think oh that that's definitely gonna work as a title. Yeah. In, in my mind, I go, I've got a new song because I know I can fill the rest of the bits in round it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And your new album, any any date, any time frame when it's going to be finished? I know things are much much different at the moment with the lockdown because you can't get into the radio studio, you can't get the production. Yeah. Although production these days is easier because you can email things and and you can work on things and you don't have to be in the same room. But ultimately, yeah. you do, don't you, to to, to well, produce it, nail it. We've been working between Leicester and Liverpool, yeah, and files and stuff like that, yeah. which turned out great. Um, but obviously, you know, soon I'll be able to travel up and get in the studio a bit more. Yep. Um, and, and finish it but like anything isn't it within, obviously within this lockdown and things have changed so I'm more or less writing and getting the songs ready uh, probably be next year at some point I'd say early next year Yeah. Uh, before it's all finished and as you rightly say Jimmy you've got the social media which is great for artists yeah. and more importantly getting into groups because I think that that's, that's how you grow um, whatever you're doing, whether it be a podcast or or a song or a, an artist, get into with like-minded people into groups that are sharing. Because I think that you know we are waiting for the next generation. They are already there, but they just yeah. need to be heard, mate. 
that's it, mate. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just and maybe you know doing interviews like this and the word spreads and if everyone else has the same attitude, it, it could it could eventually build some a new sort of revolution in music. You know what I mean? Where you know guitar bands do get heard a bit more and it, it does get out that way and it, the scene does change. And that's what that's what I'm hoping for. When somebody says that word, I just feel like breaking into song. You say you want a revolution, and, yeah, you know. <laughs> and, and, and you're right, Jimmy. We do need a revolution, and no greater person to lead that revolution than King Jimmy of Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> King Jimmy of Liverpool. King that Jimmy. Must be the title of the next song. <laughs> Well, you better go and start writing around that King Jimmy, King Jimmy. And um, thanks for the credits as well, by the way, on the uh, the, the, the sleeve of uh, Waterloo Key. Absolute banging album. My favourite uh, debut album of all time. And um, we're going to leave you now, Jimmy, to uh, go back and, uh, well, got to go home, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Gabby. Thanks for all your support as well. Absolutely. And she's my rock and roll world. Out now, kids. So get on it. And um, download it and try and make this genial figure a few quid. He deserves it, richly deserves it. Cheers, pal. <laughs> nice one. Cheers, pal. All the best, Jimmy. Ciao, mate. King Jimmy, that is. Tell up, pal. Oh